Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. You guessed, I am Tyler. I am Till... Sort of. RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into that void. But not the rest of this year. We're, go- we're, go- we're going out without a bang. About various aspects of D&D 5th edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. i got to change the balance on my headphones here. They seem really tipped to the left. We're keeping it we super cash the rest of this year. too high. The mix, I need it to be. There we go. There we go. That's better. That's really strange. Uh, okay. Hi. We're back, people. Welcome. Hello. Greetings. hey It's been a minute. Eh. Short breaks make for short episodes. I don't know. I got nothing. We'll probably take another break around uh, Christmas time because fuck you. That's why. We do what we want. Do what we want. Nobody cares. No one's listening. It doesn't matter. I actually, fun thing, I actually, like, uh, 20 minutes ago, I got a text from a friend who is not a friend of yours, but is a friend of mine who listens to the show. And he said, where are the episodes? And I'm like, guess what? You get one tomorrow. <laughs> now, here's the question. Did you blow up your void like John Oliver blew up his void? Nope. Nope. Nope, uh, I don't have the kind of money that John Oliver has to do I such thought, things. I was thinking that, like, I can't believe he spent all that money blowing up, first of all, building a giant sculpture and then blowing it up. Yeah, yeah, that was not cheap. No, not at all. So, the the so permits to alone out. to do that wherever they did that It was a mine, was you tell us, a mine of some kind. Yeah. So they probably didn't need permits because the mine probably already has permission to, to use some uh, explosives. Yes, but say off something like that, I guarantee you, you need local and state permits i and guarantee it fuck them <laughs> uh, all right so we have a plan today but you know what everybody before we even get to that plan you should know if you don't already recording this there's a certain book that's been released it's about a woman named tasha oh I thought we were it's gonna not really about, about her in any way mice and men or something okay yep no but we're not going to talk about that first we're going to get to that eventually so hold your horses calm down that's a teaser we're going to talk about tasha's college and everything shortly but we had an experience recently. Yes. I, I, I drew the rest of my friends into the sordid world of Adventurers League online play. Now, did what we do have any sort of official name? Uh, it was the first uh, D&D virtual weekend. They're doing them monthly. They're doing one weekend a month. Uh, and you can find more information on the yawning portal itself. D&D virtual play weekends uh and we did the very first one we did two out of three days yes we did two sessions um there were many sessions to choose from uh we did two of them um we did essentially uh adventures league season 10 uh episode one and episode two correct we were level one and then level two um we had we had some experiences yes Yes. What else? Um, so, uh, I'll, I would like to start as this is my second rodeo, um, and so I think that it'll be interesting to see the difference. But so, from my experience, uh, these were much longer than essentially the same sessions were run previously in the D and D celebration, but the DMs streamlined a lot of the adventure to make it so that it ran in about two to three hours. Uh, and the ones that we did, the first one ran very long, ran five and a half hours, which was awesome. Uh, and the second one was was a very solid 
four hours. Um, I so, mean, not even. Yeah, it, it was, but it was very close. It was much closer than any of the other ones I'd done. So it was nice to get a feel for what these modules are supposed to be when they are done to their fullest extent and not rushed for time. Um, I, I will get into this more, but you know, first day was excellent. Uh, there were four of us in the group plus two strangers. Uh, the DM was on point, had great knowledge. Uh, second day, the extra two people who probably would have helped a bit uh, did not show, and so it was just four of us running a six-person module. But you know, all in all, we got through it. So I'll let you get into the details, and we'll see what you like to say about well, it. Well, I don't need. I don't time. think we need to do a. a... I don't think we need to do a breakdown run around of everything that happened in order, right? You did a great job summarizing your virtual play experience for the D and D celebration. So I'll spare everybody like the blow by blow and I'll just kind of do big picture stuff. Um, That's boring. It's like, I like defeats the purpose of the show. Why? Because, Oh, well, okay, wait, I took a turn. Um, We had a fight here and then we did a puzzle there. Like, I I don't think anybody wants to hear that. Um, I'm just going to do big picture stuff starting with, day one saturday we had a fantastic dungeon master um ben heisler uh was our dm and apparently he has his own game that streams on twitch maybe yeah on twitch uh and he was fantastic first of all he modified it as necessary he warned us that there'd be some creepy horror elements and if we had problems with that he had a system in place for us to sort of address it he was very conscientious. Uh, he was very generous with inspiration. I he I tried to have inspiration at you know three times but without using it once. Um, and I think the session was really really great. And he responded very well to our role playing. I think. So to add to that, I think a big part of what you're saying right now, um, and a big part of the first thing he said was, his wife wrote the adventure, which was a big yes. help. In his knowledge of it, he'd run it many times before. He'd helped edit it, um, and he actually gave us some stuff that he ended up cutting out originally but liked using in play sessions. So I think that definitely adds to his knowledge and ability to run the module. Yes, he was he was incredibly experienced. I'm very glad to have had him on day one. And, you know, to do a little blow-by-blow, blow, it was it was a 10-episode one, so people who've done AL, they're very familiar with... Um, the 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 episode um, i can't remember what it's called frozen north frozen north thank you where you're on the road the avalanche hits you um you know you got to get out of the the wilderness and you end up finding an ice cave right and the mysterious stuff that's inside there mm-hmm. um and i really feel like also there's an owl bear out in the wild trying to fucking kill you the uh i really feel like this that campaign that that's that episode i don't know what it's called the module rather is emblematic of a, of a problem that a lot of D experiences where you guys are doing a thing you end up in this place hey look at this cool spooky thing and the entire module is hinges on you wanting to interact with it completely utterly and if you're like nope then nothing happens and the dm has to force you to do it so in this case, there's a spooky door with 13 mm-hmm. holes in it that had like fake ion stones were the keys that entered them. And we had to explore the rest of the cave to find them. Now, I think this is why 
you know, I think I don't know if this is something that's normally in the adventure, but there were stalactites in the cave that were actually horrible parasitic worm things that fell on us and burrowed into our skin. And I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I I dodged mine. I didn't get hit by mine, but still it's very creepy and painful to imagine as we were as you were, you know, slicing it out of your own skin or like trying to burn it out or or whatever was happening to get these little parasitic creatures out of our bodies was really grotesque. And I loved it and hated it, right? At the same time. Great imagery. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, and we were just kind of finding the rest of these stones for this puzzle the whole time. It was a decent puzzle. It was just one of those um, logic puzzles, basically. You know, mm -hmm. this, but not that. Not this, but that kind of puzzle. Um, and then the second part of the adventure was like us exploring the mysterious door and going into like an old temple in there. So all pretty classic D&D &D stuff. Um, but I really felt like uh, there was it. It the the module left a lot of loose ends, obviously, because it's just a tiny little module, um, and really kind of unsatisfying to have so many loose ends in the module. If you know what I mean, like here's what were the people called? Remind me what the people were called. That like what do you mean? The Nezathrine or uh, whatever they were. Don't have that written down on top of my head. But, Some ancient civilization with powerful magical items, and they all like cut off their hands in order to access powerful yeah. magic. And mm -hmm. uh, and there was a great, there was a pit full of zombie arms that were like trying to climb up and get to us. It was Good so work, really zombie cool. Arm. Um, but then the ends, like we, there was there was something we couldn't access. Some black ice and mm -hmm. magical item, or at least the art, you know, the, the the evidence of magical item. And the end of the adventure is, the uh, end of the module is spoiler alert for everybody, ten one. Uh. An advanced owl bear crashing in, mm -hmm. burrowing in, mm -hmm. slaughtering us. It one shot splattered our wizard. Yep, that's why you don't have seven HP. Period. And then it killed our bard. Yep. It it I think it knocked me out. It knocked somebody out. I had to get brought back up. It pushed me into a hole, and I had to crawl out of that climb hole. Climb out. Yeah. And we only survived because we bloodied it and the DM was benevolent and let it run away bloodied as opposed to stay and fight. Oh, no, that's how it's supposed to go. Yeah. Okay. Because if it, it, all it had to do was survive one or two more turns and we were all dead. Yeah. Um, easily, easily, easily dead. Because it was doing... It, it was hitting know, hard. 11 plus damage with one hit. Mm -hmm. And it had legendary actions and legendary resistance. Yes. So our wizard, who he had seven HP, but he had four because he was previously injured, it does eleven, which is like average. He's dead. Yep, dead. Yep. Um, and we only survived by the barely skin of our teeth. And then you know he he kind of narrates us getting getting out of there and being rescued by some Goliaths in the wilderness, the the the, the tribes in the ten two. And Ben did a great job. He went overtime for us. He was accommodating to the other players, the strangers in there who like, you know, had to go to another adventure like immediately afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and very good with his descriptions and streamlined with the combat. He had different music for each little area, for each little map. He had different images that popped up to show like the progress of time, um, you know, some good backgrounds, uh, the whole bit. So I would give first night 10 out of 10. Yes, absolutely. Um, just to fill in a few of those holes. Um, a lot of 
early session AL mods, your 10-1, your 10-2 and such, a lot of those are going to have unwinnable fights in them or a part of them. Um, and the entire point of that is just to challenge the group, you know, make them think, should I run? You know, can I do enough damage? Make this thing run away. Um, and it's meant to be challenging and invite them to a larger world where everything isn't going to be just because you walk into this room, you can fight what's in the room. Um, so I think that uh, future modules will answer things like what's up with all the hands, who are these people, all these kind of like hanging threads, you know, future modules will start picking up slowly but surely. Right. So it's not a it's not a closed system one shot adventure, which is I think the the whatever the opposite of appeal is for me. Um, I don't know what the opposite of appeal is. This taste. Yeah, the the abject of it is that it's not a closed system. I'm not done mm-hmm. on day one. Um, so you go to day two, which is chapter two, thinking, oh, I'll learn more. Nope, they're not related really in any way, shape, or form, except there's an owlbear out there somewhere. Um, but it's not even the same owlbear. It's a different You'd, owlbear. We didn't meet that owlbear. It might have been the same owlbear. We, uh, we, I mean, you. It's the uh, the the important thing is it's. It's the uh, the one in chapter two, if I'm not mistaken, is the creature on the cover of the book of Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Maybe that's what the, that's the suggestion. The, the goddess right. Orion or Oriel or whatever. Right, and the owlbear we fought in the first one was just an owlbear that was like Frostclaw. Frostclaw, it's just beefy, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, so chapter, you know, adventure section two, we had a different DM, uh, and it didn't go so well. Mm, it was tough. I give us props. I think we all did a really good job. Um, except, you know, there was there was some lapses in attention because it got a little hard to pay attention as it went on. Because our DM, um, who we'll just call Jay, he, uh, I think he was bored with it. And we texted about this. I think he was bored with it. So. My thing, uh, and I and I said this. Um, I don't know if he was bored with it. I think that the module in general doesn't lend itself to like <sighs> the module itself. I feel like is good for younger, inexperienced players because maybe somebody younger and funner would have a great time trying to chase down this goat and bring it back home and that's just cute and fun and whatnot but for us we're a bunch of grown men we don't want to spend an hour trying to figure out how to corral a goat that's just not a fun time right so outline worth the goliath who rescued us at the end of chapter one we agreed to like hey you're helping us you're keeping us warm we'll do some stuff for you cool great first task is milk some goats yeah that was stupid which turns into wrangle the goat that got scared off that was so stupid. Um, cool. Do that. Second task is to try to go hunt down this druid who we haven't heard from in a while. Yes. Um, there's kind there's like a there's like a skill challenge, pseudo interaction with the mud method. Mm-hmm. And then a hot spring in the mountains that like I feel like nothing happened there. I don't even remember why we went there. Because yeah. Because nobody spoke primordial. Do we miss everything? Like I I, I don't know. I, I assume there was something we missed, but I also assume that we were meant to go there just to find out that the druid's missing. Which, if that's the case, and I had that thought, so you end up at this hot spring, the druid's not there, there's like a babbling 
Brooks type hot spring mm-hmm. that apparently sounds like words. If you speak primordial, there's evidence that somebody was there before, but that person's not there. So you're just supposed to go there, turn around and go back. Like there was yeah. no nothing to do. Yeah. That's, that's such poor quest design. And again, that's not our DMs fault. I don't think, but it's such poor quest design to, to run to a place. That there's nothing mm-hmm. to do. All you're doing is running back to report. Hey, nothing was there. Agreed. Completely like, total, total garbage. And on the way back, that's when some combat happened, right? We get to fight some wolves, yes. including a winter wolf, um, which a winter wolf is a super great challenge at that level, level two oh, yeah. for most of us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I and I had said this as well, um, kind of in the DM's defense. Uh, he's, I guaranteed, guarantee you, not used to a group that A, all knows each other, and B, is as willing to role play and engage in the story and with the NPCs as we are. Like I've I've done a couple of these and there have been plenty of times that the entire groups just kind of sat there and looked at each other. Yeah, I definitely can understand that happening. And I he might have been compensating or anticipating that, not compensating, yeah. because oftentimes he would describe a thing mm-hmm. and he without without ending his breath would describe it again in the exact same way and then describe it again in the exact same way. Like to reiterate a point when there was nothing to reiterate, it was just uh, you know this mud pit is is deep and whatever and you know it's just like a really deep mud pit and it's full of mud and it's deep like that mm-hmm. so not leaving breath for us to enter and, and ask a question you just kind of trying to fill the space yes um just fill that fill the chronological space i'd agree with that and, and he said in the beginning he'd run the thing five times is why my hypothesis is that he's bored um because he's like oh i know what's going to happen they're going to get this far you know they're going to chase the goat down i i really uh yeah, chapter two of Ryan with the Frost Maiden, you know, AL. That goat chase, man, as a, as a creature with 25 speed, boy, was I not involved in that encounter in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I was not. I, I was mean, not involved. Uh, short, of somebody, short of somebody having, like, animal friendship or something castable and just making that thing like us, yeah. I mean, it, it's just stupid. Uh, just have us do one check have us each do one animal handling if we don't get the goat we don't get the goat it runs off and maybe we can find it but a wolf's killed it by then just make it quick it doesn't have to be an hour-long like chess match with a fucking goat i'm fairly certain in the dungeon master's guide i'll have to go back and find it there's a part on chase sequences where if it's just going to turn into everybody taking their turn running the recommendation is to just do a who has the higher dexterity, right? And that person's going to move the fastest, like kind of a, not, not even based on your speed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a combination of acrobatics, dodging things, armor class, it running away. Um, and I really think that part of the module could be revisited very, very seriously. Yes. Uh, the entire module was poorly designed in my opinion. Yes. Um, I did feel bad because uh, we, we ran into the fight with the um, winter wolf mm-hmm. and you start off in a bottleneck, which is good. Because you don't want them to get the pack tactics anyway. So I go to the front thinking, great, I'll take it. I know my I as a player know it's got a breath weapon. So I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know, other party members get up there and we get <laughs> breath weapons, and I take a fucking hit because I can't dodge for shit. Everybody else takes half damage, so we're all already, you know, gimped from the start. And then some other wolves get involved, and it was <laughs> we got once we got past the first breath weapon two two rounds yeah. we nailed it we were doing great you know we got a we got a tiny assist from the dm but that first two rounds were goddamn brutal god damn especially 
what kind of DM, first of all, if you're the person who does this and you're listening, shame on you. What kind of DM takes the average result in the book? Who doesn't roll? What kind of bullshit is this? Roll for what? Damage? Damage. I mean, it depends on the fight, but I typically just do the average. Oh, never. Never in my life. Right? Yeah, I don't want the players it, to know what the damage is going to be. I mean, at a low level, it they're, well, 1d6 plus 2. It doesn't really make a difference. I mean, okay, it was um, 4d6s. Okay, no, the breath weapon, yes. I would roll a breath weapon. But, like, just the, the wolves just hitting that do, you know, yeah, sure, the bite damage. Doing like, 1d4 plus 1. Okay, fine, I understand. But yeah. what is something so variable? 4d6s? Yes, I, I, would, I would, I would roll the 4d6. Yes. And he's like, nope, it's 18. Okay, great. Thank you. Maybe it's Which, 5d6s, whatever it is. Yeah, I say, I, I remember it doing 18, but that's much more than 4d6. Uh, Winter Wolf, I'm just going to pull it up because I was shocked. I know it is 18. Um, oh, it's 4d8. Okay. Not 4D6, okay. 4D6. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense then. Yeah. It's a little, it's, you know, it's the yeah. top end of average. And it's yeah. just like, God fucking God, man. <laughs> it was rough. Well, it was brutal. Could have straight up killed you. So I guess it's for the best. Hey, you know, I I made the I made a non-barbarian tank and I wanted to survive. I gave myself the extra hit points, right? Yeah. We talked yeah. about it. it. Came in handy. Yep. Yeah, but, you had a lot of hit points. Where were you at? Twenty. Uh, second day, I had twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah. Jeez. And we leveled on level three. I have thirty. Yeah. I, I let's see. I had uh, twenty on day two and uh, twenty-eight third level. So yeah, no, it's craziness. I know for a dwarf cleric. Plenty, plenty. Of hit yeah, points. plenty of hit um, points. So day two, day two was fine. I I think our group was fine. Our DM was okay. The module was okay, and that compounded into a less than satisfying. Yes, I, I'd agree. Day one exceptional. Day two below average. Yeah, it was. Uh, day one was worth it. Day one was worth it. So what I would say, just in general, from what I've experienced, uh. The sessions are usually more like day two, but better. Like I think I'd score day two at like a four out of ten or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, and a normal session, then again, day one was like a ten out of ten. A normal session is probably around a six, six and a half. You know, so yeah, it's better. You know, um, but again, there's a lot of variables when you're playing online and doing your AL. There's there's strangers. There's your DM. So I think that. If we ever do this again, which I, I hope we do, I had fun. Um, you know, it'd be it'd be interesting and important to try and do more background research on the DMs, try to figure out their play style, and try to you know get to the tables that we want instead of just buying based on date and time. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I would agree with that completely. I think our our other party members, you know, were good good contributions too. Mm-hmm. Playing with strangers is cool. We played with two guys on Saturday who were totally they were great. To us and they, were they were great. great. They were totally great. One of, that was them. honestly the best part of both days was you being a ranger, favorite enemy, dragons. <laughs> Stranger and a party member is dragonborn, and you guys start off just like so uncomfortable and become like friends by the end of four hours. Yeah, it was actually really great. It was good. It was very good. That was how D and D that that was how D and D should work. Yes. Uh, that little, especially like at the very beginning, the avalanche is coming. And it's like you and the dragonborn was was the kobold in the cart. With so you no, well? it was me and the kobold, and then the dragonborn hops in, and then the other dragonborn hops in, and it's just my worst oh, yeah, the nightmare. NPC dragonborn, yeah, so fantastic. What do they call? It? We had a portmanteau for the silliness of it. it was like the dragon cart or something. Um, I don't remember. Dragon wagon, I think, was what. It was oh called. god. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really good. That was really fantastic. Yes. So. 
uh, you know, I, I, uh, same thing. I recommend giving it a shot to people. Um, but if you want a really great DM, Ben Heisler, who was, yes, uh, he was excellent at um, Zentarim PR on Twitter, Z H E N T A R I M P R. And then I'm also trying to find, uh, somewhere, some, uh, con or, or maybe D and D will do it in December. If I can get this group into the big Epic, I think you guys would have a fucking blast. Cause there's a ton of RP in it. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I think you guys will love it if you, if, we, if I can find it. I I can't wait to see how f- events change in the future. Yeah, yeah. I think that there will be many, because they were having a lot of trouble just in general filling up uh, non-AL uh, higher level tables because, you know, everyone is like, oh, yeah, I'll play a, a sixth level character, but I don't have an AL one. Oh, then you have to use a pre-gen. Ah, I don't want to use a pre-gen character. Uh, I'll do something else. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, we got level three characters now, so we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, when we come back, we're going to talk about the future and the boiling trouble I see in my cauldron. <laughs> we'll be right back. And we're back. Hello. You know. Oh, we're getting close to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know what that means? Uh, snow. Dice for Christmas. Ah, ah, ah! Very good, very good. I do <laughs> not. I, yeah, yeah. I did share. I you know, we did dice. an episode on dice. I did share a link with our chat about hundred-dollar dice that were absolutely stunning. <laughs> did you not like those dice? Uh, honestly, I don't even think I looked at that. Uh, I'm going to go back and see if I can find it. If, they were, if it there's was, uh, like a thing that says, you know, 32 messages missed, I, I don't bother. That's it's it's too much. The uh, I'm going to open it in Safari here if I can. You and Jay Diddy unlimited, get on unlim- a tangent sometimes. Unlimited Dice Works is this website. Well, I'm and actually familiar a- with that company. There's a corrupted ocean with silver ink, hard edge dice. And you can tell that the number typeface looks like Futura. And ah, ah, there you go. They're hot. Oh, they're hot. They're sexy dice. They're so good. I'm looking at them again right now. God damn, I want those. They're $100 That's $100. I see some gifts in the background already. I see you guys are getting oh. ready. My wife has. She has wrapped some gifts already. I'm done with shopping for her. I just haven't um, wrapped anything. Don't some of those are not for me. No, very good, very good. Yeah, there's one for me though. I wonder what it is. This is it's a giant bottle of booze. My wife is really <laughs> bad um, about gifts. You know, if you have the gifts out, she'll touch them and guess what they are. Uh huh. And, and I really don't like that. It oh, really, see. it really pisses me off. Actually, it's been it's Especially been a. I was gonna say it's been a long time since since me or my family or any, anyone's really done like gifts, like uh, lots of gifts. Like we'll do like a white elephant or like a quick secret Sanderson, but like actual like multiple gifts. That's not something that anyone I know like does with me. So yeah. I don't have to I don't have to worry about such things. Well, I gifted myself a book. Is it like the Wheel of Time special edition combined or something? Tasha's Tasha's calls it everything. Twenty nine ninety nine. Oh, there you go. Very nice. Right? It's on sale uh, for a little more than that, actually, on Amazon. Don't buy things from Amazon, though. Um, like, you know, the physical copy. 
So this is a book. Mm-hmm. And uh, the plan right now, you and me, we're not going to do a summary of the whole thing. We're going to go kind of piecemeal through this. Yes, there's there's a lot to break down. They've introduced a lot of information, and trying to fit it all in a segment or an episode is just not really feasible, in my opinion. So uh, we are going to start with chapter one. Yeah, in uh, the beginning. Character options. Character options. Now, some of these we briefly touched on uh, before because some of this information has come out already. But now so, it's official. We might glaze over a few things, but um, I think this is, I think it's pretty fucking wild. So, things in here. So, just to touch on things we've talked about in the past, uh, I will say this as a general statement. Uh, I don't mind the idea of what they're trying to do. I don't mind the idea of customizing. I know that I very initially was very strongly opposed, but ultimately, I get what they're trying to do. You know, the creators of D&D want anyone to be anything that they want to be and to truly make this game just accessible to anyone who wants to try it. And for that, I commend them. There are things under that umbrella that I'm fully, fully like, that's great. Um, like the prosthetics have no longer required attunement, right? Love Things it. like that. So I can, so, you know, I'm a I'm a, a character with a disability. I get a prosthetic limb. Cool. I get to walk around and be like everybody else without actually without actually being different. Yes. You know, which does enable my uh, future character who is just um, uh, you know, being replaced by prosthetics until it's fully a robot, mm-hmm. like a war mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Of course. Slowly but surely, you're getting there. Yes. Um, so the very first thing in here is customizing your origin, which is something I think everybody has talked about ad nauseum. Um, and that is the ability score increases. Yes. So go. So the thing that I don't mind about the ability score change, and they've talked about in the past with the errata for orcs and kobolds, I don't mind them getting rid of negative score abilities i'm fine with that that seems perfectly reasonable um and it makes the characters you know more easily played um i just still have such a hard time getting behind what they're doing here but i i I like it like i like the idea that while goliaths are these massive strong and durable creatures what if there is that one guy that's super smart and super wiry, and that's your character? You're the wiry. you're the Dex Int Goliath that no one saw coming, you know. And that's that's fine. That that can be fun. My issue with what they've done here is is it's not even an issue. It's a hope. I just hope that people fully integrate any kind of massive change to a character into their story rather than just finding the best min-max option such as the half-elf or the dwarven kind. Yeah. I agree with you. I fully am on board with character customization and the uniqueness of your hero. You are a hero. You're, you're supposed to be different, probably. Mm-hmm. But it does feel half-baked, half-assed to just say, okay, do whatever you want. 
If I was just going to do whatever I want, why do I need the rules of a game? They're more like guidelines. They're more like guidelines. <laughs> uh, you may ignore your ability score increased trait and assign ability score increases tailored to your character. Here's how to do it. Take any ability score increase you gain in your race or sub-race and apply it to an ability score of your choice. So, for example, if an ability score trait increases your constitution by two and your wisdom by one, you could increase your intelligence by two and charisma by one. Uh, so I can I want. Yeah. Yeah, any race can do anything. You want a super beefy gnome? You can make a super beefy gnome. They still can't use heavy weapons, but I'm sure we'll do away with that eventually. Oh. Oh, we will. Do you know why we'll do away with it? Because anybody can do anything. Because anybody can swap proficiencies. See, now wait, wait, wait. Proficiencies isn't the issue. Small creatures can't use heavy weapons. That's just the thing without getting disadvantaged. That's not a proficiency issue. That's a property of a weapon issue. But again, we'll maybe, have large gnomes. maybe we'll get, you know, monkey grip as a feat eventually, and then it won't matter. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you can swap language proficiencies. That I have no issue with. Uh, I have and no issue with the proficiency. proficiency language swap. I think a lot of that is just a, pro that can all be explained as a product of whatever training you had growing up. That, it just does. It does feel like another avenue in which to min-max your character. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like, oh, I don't need to be proficient with this martial weapon that my elf is proficient with. I'll swap it to the other one that's better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hundred percent. Right? Um, and tools, same thing. Like, it makes ah, whatever. Yeah, I agree with you. That one's that one's not a big deal, right? Yeah, that one doesn't hurt anything really. It's just, again, it's a matter of. You saying, you know, elves, yeah, maybe they should have perception as a skill because, you know, they have great eyes and great ears. But no, not mine. Mine has uh, animal handling because it hates other things and just wants to be around the animals. I don't, mine I don't has uh, athletics because he's a wrestler. Yeah. Which feels like a background thing and not a race thing. Very much so, but... Maybe you were maybe you're an elf that was born with stubby ears instead of pointy ears, and so you have bad hearing. I don't know. The description of a race might suggest various things about the behavior and personality of that people's archetypal adventures. Insert another sentence here. However, your character's personality and behavior are yours to determine. Yes. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Which leads to my big problem. Ooh, ooh, see, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll it's let you talk first on this one. It's a little it's a little box right after personality. Why'd they put this box in there? Go ahead. Custom lineage. Yep. Go get them. Custom lineage, sir. Instead of choosing one of the game's races for your character at first level, you can use the following traits to represent your character's lineage, giving you full control of how your character's origin shaped them. You are a humanoid. You determine your appearance and whether you resemble any of your kin. You are small or medium. Your choice. Your base speed is 30 feet. One ability score of your choice increases by two. You gain a feat for which you qualify. You gain one of the following options, dark vision or proficiency in a skill. You can speak common in one other language. You can just make up a race mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of any kind, mm -hmm. and you can make it the best race, arguably the best race in the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You could be small with a speed of 30 feet. You can, by taking the appropriate feat, increase an ability score by three, which mm -hmm. no other race, thanks to an errata, can do now. Correct. And you get dark vision. Mm -hmm. Why do I need to be any other race? 
Poison resistance? Okay, that's cool. But why do I need to be any other race? So for my notes, I put, uh, I hate this. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. It is obscenely powerful. It is like a variant human, but you can get dark vision, which was always the one knock that humans had as a race. Any DM that uses this feature should expect every PC from now on to use it. I was I was thinking in my spare time about, oh, you know, I want to make another race. Uh, I want to make a playable race. Do you remember the episode of Futurama where Farnsworth says, I don't want to live on this planet anymore, and there's an orangutan scientist who's a creationist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I want to make I want to make that orangutan. Like I thought, an, a, a great race. ape, a great ape race would be cool. Like uh-huh. you know, like Gibbons or whatever. Like Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then somebody came along. Like here, Tyler. Here's the here's the rules for how to do that. And I looked at it and I went, I fucking hate this. This is stupid. But now you can do it. You're an ape person. Why is why is this a thing? I personally am going to make the penguin people. Penguin people fully on board with penguin people. Uh yeah, it's gonna be great. Bear people? Bear people kind of already exist. What's a bear person? Shifter. Oh, oh, okay. We'll get that. Uh, I know. You know. I also have a note on that sooner than later. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I hate this. Um, and I do want to mention, like I said, if you haven't been paying attention to the errata from Eberron, changelings can no longer sack their three ability score increases. Um. An ability score increases one ability score of your choice has been changed to one other ability score of your choice. So you can't stack three in charisma. Which is lame. So there is no longer any race that can do that except a custom race by taking a feat. I can put three in charisma or three in anything that I want. Yes. Because I put two in it and then I take the appropriate half feat, which gives me something else. Right? It gives me another trait. Mm-hmm. And the plus one ability. Like, just be a variant human if you want to do this. Nope. I have dark vision. That that's the thing. Oh, you, why would you give them dark vision? I don't know. I don't know. Wait. I could why, why, skill like, instead who, of dark vision. So what person on planet Earth looked at variable trait? You gain one of the following options of your choice: dark vision or proficiency in a skill of your choice. And said, "Oh, I'm going to take a skill." But I only get like five skills, and I want one of them to be performance, even though I'm not a bard. Like you, you, you gain dark vision. I know. I know. As soon as I saw it, that, I'm like, this is done. This is the fuck this. Uh, yeah, no one's allowed to use this unless they and I have a very specific discussion about this. And they can't have dark vision. Uh, that would be my one rule. You can do whatever you like, want there, but you can't have dark vision. I, you know, I'm just going to make my character is Pinocchio. It's an animated puppet and it's small with a speed of 30 feet and dark vision and whatever it wants to Ooh, be. You know? Puppet people? That would be a fun race. It'd be terrifying, actually. Yeah. Um, like Chucky? Yeah, yeah, like like Warforged, but fleshy almost. Um, kind of like a, a, a the Terminators, but not like robotic, but like like wood and shit inside, but with flesh on the outside, and they bleed, but only a little bit. So that's like only... the the, an, uh, the robots in Westworld. Yeah, perfect. Actually, they are kind of a race, so that makes some sense. Thanks. I hate it. uh you can swap your skill proficiencies and then we're getting into the one um with the last couple minutes here that i am very divided on Mm, mm, i assume that your division is going to be almost the same as my division and that is changing your subclass yes each character class involves the choice of a subclass a subclass represents area of specialization. With your DM's approval, you can change your subclass when you would normally gain a new subclass feature. 
If you decide to make this change, choose another subclass that belongs to your class and replace all your old subclass features with the features of the new subclass that are for your new level and lower. I was an Eldritch Knight, but I trained really hard, a and champion. now I'm a Battlemaster. Yep. I, I somehow wild... lost all of my previous training. I don't know how to cast spells anymore, but now I have maneuvers. I was a wild magic sorcerer. And then one day I woke up and I had a draconic bloodline. Yes, my blood changed. It changed type. I had a blood transfusion. That's how it happened. I was a... I was a assassin for years. <laughs> and then I thought, nope, arcane archery is Ar arcane the thing trickster. for me. Arcane trickster. arcane trickster, thank you. Arcane archer is the fighter. Arcane trickster is the thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely it makes to, more sense. This is supposed to represent training in your downtime, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't really make sense because you forget all your other skills. Yes. Um, which it, it, this, it whole, this whole section changes how training in your downtime works, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, massive, massive change. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I can learn an entire subclass faster than I can learn a skill or a language. It's it's incredible. Well, you don't have to train anymore to learn a new skill or language. You just swap an existing one you're not using. Yes, but if I wanted to learn one after that... The rationale of this is obviously, well, we don't want to punish players for picking a subclass and realizing it's boring. But I already there's already a solution to that, though. And that is... Your character dies or retires, and you make a new one. Mm -hmm. That solution was already there. Okay, so to uh, to kind of hit, let's see, what was this note I put here? I hate this. Oh, very good. Uh, <laughs> the idea that through training or some such bullshit, you can just change your subclass completely defeats the purpose of all the training your character did to get to that point. And it's also a cop-out for PCs who didn't put the time or thought into their character in the beginning. Yes. Yes, I yes, I agree. I mean, that's that's what it boils down to. You thought, shit, I'm going to be a champion. I'm going to be a champion fighter because I want that critical hit. And then you realized, you know what? A champion fighter doesn't do anything. I want something else. It's like being a thief rogue in a combat-heavy campaign yeah and realizing oh you know what this isn't very helpful not doing the thing not doing the thing and just suddenly being bad at being a thief now my very last thing i want to talk about uh-huh is the last section of chapter one love it sudden changes love it this is changing your subclass same same header changing your yes. subclass but a sudden change they describe and rationalize this if it have specific examples that make total, total sense. Complete utter sense. Complete, total sense. Can you go through some of the examples for me? Uh, yes, sudden change. An oath of devotion paladin failed to stop a demonic horde from ravaging her homeland. After spending a night in sorrowful prayer, she rises the next morning with the features of the Oath of Vengeance, ready to hunt down the horde. It makes all sense in the world. Brilliant. I don't actually Brilliant. like wizard. I don't like the wizard one, so I'm going to skip that one. A cleric of the war domain has spent years in conflict with the enemy of her temple. But one day, 
she wanders into a sun-dappled glade where her god once shed a tear of mercy over the world's suffering. Drinking from the glade's brook, the cleric is filled with such compassion for all people that she now bears the powers of the life domain, ready to heal rather than make war. So this embodies my qualms. If you can essentially... Make it make sense for your character and your story. A sudden change to your subclass makes sense. It feels cinematic. It feels fantasy. It feels epic. Um, right? Like, I had to mm-hmm. come to Jesus, and I am no longer an assassin. Yes. Right? I didn't train my way out of it. Something happened. It wasn't a, it wasn't a min-max technical decision. It was a story decision. And that's that's kind of what, what my distinction of why I like this, mm-hmm. and I don't like the other thing. To which I said, there are few exceptions that someone should be able to change their subclass, and it should be entirely dependent on the story being woven, not the whims of the PC. Look at that. It's like the exact same thing I said. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the sudden change aspect really only works with some sort of uh, divine class. Clerics, paladins, um, you know, for a barbarian. maybe a maybe a barbarian or maybe a druid. Um, you know, maybe a druid was all about that nature life, and then they were like, you know what, the real the big city is not that bad. Maybe I'll change my views on things and I'll stop Longest being. Emperor. Yeah, I'll change my focus from being a shepherd to a you know, uh, I don't know, I don't really know druids that well. The other druid drug, that is more sense. Yeah, drug dealer. Yeah, I'll be an apothecary owner. There you go. Yeah, it it just doesn't really make sense for the rogues and the fighters of the world. Yeah, any kind of martial class. Yeah, a wizard suddenly, like the example they gave, a wizard fell asleep under a tree, and when he awakens, he's got new features. What? There, the the suggestion is the the Feywild tinkered with his brain. Yeah. So I, I don't anything that's learned like that instead of given. I don't really enjoy uh the, same with sorcerer the, a sorcerer should never ever 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 be able to change their blood period yeah uh okay we're out of time unfortunately um chapter one did not go over well with us i want to like it and i want people to be happy playing the game and ultimately that's all that matters as long as the dm and the players are happy in their game so be it yeah i guess Right. <laughs> make, sure, make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. Uh, I think I, I'm getting us added to the iHeartRadio platform. If anybody Ooh. does their podcast there, nice. follow us on Twitter. I tweet sometimes. Um, feel free to send us topics at rwdpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, and we will continue this conversation next week where we get into chapter two and beyond. As always, we will see you next time. Till then. Goodbye. Thank you.